Hi there, Coach Paula here. I know you're getting a lot from season one of Make Him Wonder, and I want you to get even more in season two. Go now to the 8020 Wonder Club and become a member. The 8020 Wonder Club is a membership club where you'll get all the new episodes of season two the moment they come out. Otherwise, you're going to miss out. That's the 8020wonder.club. Make this your year to be consistently mindful of what it takes for a relationship to go the distance. Go to the 8020wonder.club and I'll see you in the clubhouse. So you just really figured out a way to get what you want and to be able to tell others how to achieve that too. In some ways, yeah. It's it's really leading people with the right questions, helping women to see relationships through the eyes of men. Sick of sacrificing or settling in your romantic life? Welcome to Make Him Wonder with Coach Paula Grooms, where women struggling in real relationships ask the expert. Unscripted, unfiltered, understandable coaching conversations to help passionate women succeed in love. Hi there, and welcome to Make Him Wonder. I'm your host, Coach Paula, a dating and relationship coach, licensed social worker, and author of the book, Why Won't He Commit? How a Man Decides to Make You the One. Each week, I have a real-life, live, love and relationship coaching conversation or have a guest, or I talk to myself about an issue or situation or approach, anything that I think is topical that you will benefit from. And this week, I'm very excited to have on Lacey G, who is on her own podcast with Amy Nichols called Loose Lips and Childbearing Hips. Thank you for having me on, Paula. And if I could have had you in my life before I started a podcast, I probably would have picked a different name for it. That is is quite the mouthful. Loose lips and childbearing hips. (laughs) Isn't it? Right. Yes. But it's very true of you guys because you are the loose lips, correct? Mm -hmm. And Amy is the childbearing hips. Mm -hmm. So tell my listeners about you guys because um, I would love to introduce them to you. In full disclosure, I have been on your podcast now. Twice. Uh-huh. Yeah. Twice. And we enjoyed both times a lot. Um, so I'm Lacey G and um, I'm the loose lips because I'm a super duper talker. And um, Amy is my counterpart. She's a mom who is off doing mommy duties right now. So she wasn't able mm. to come on with us. But mm-hmm. uh, that was the thought process behind our name, Loose Lips and Childbearing Hips. And it started off being a a mom and a non-mom, kind of how our lives are different. Um, And then we completely took it in a different direction. And now it's just her and I having fun and laughing a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how did you guys meet and like are your friends in life? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We're um, really good friends. We met together through work. We both worked for the Kid Craddock Morning Show. So we worked together four years and then um, decided to start a podcast. Nice. Yeah. So we've been going strong with that for two and a half years. And um, it's it's nice. It's fun to be able to work with someone that you love. And then we get to do this with each other as well. So it's really, really nice. So tell me what you guys talk about a lot, what, what you guys really want, like to focus on and what kind of things you have, what kind of podcasts you're doing. Um, I wish that there was more thought into it than that. <laughs> I mean, there is planning for sure. You know, you can't just go into a podcast with 
zero intent or intentions or zero direction on, on where you're going to go. But um, it it is about both of our lives and whatever the heck we feel like talking about in that moment. Nice. Well, I know that um, you're making it sound just very off the cuff, but I've been <laughs> on a couple of times, everybody, and, and you are really professional about it. And I've had a wonderful time on both your, and, and you're, you're so good about getting my stuff out there. And I really appreciate that. And so I wanted to have you on mine because I wanted to, to reciprocate and get people to follow you, listen to you. They can follow you on uh, Instagram mm-hmm. at Loose Lips and Childbearing mm-hmm. Hips. Hey, yes. I'm doing it faster now. Um, <laughs> unlike you, I can't promise that we will help anybody. <laughs> We're just there to have fun. That's it. But yeah, follow us along on the socials. You can um, subscribe and rate us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all the fun places that you listen. Great, great. And so this is really great because uh, you uh, have been married now for how long? Almost five years. Uh-huh. Five years together for 10. I like to tack that on just because in a marriage... We're still sort of newlywed, so it's almost like, oh, that's so cute. You've been married for a couple of years. No, I've put up with him for a very long time, so I know what I'm talking about here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, it's very different, right, when you've been together all of those years. Mm-hmm. Yes. And how about Amy? Uh, she's coming up on her 14th wedding anniversary. <gasps> Are I you believe. serious? She doesn't yeah. look like she's over 14. <laughs> yeah, they started young. Wow. Um, yeah. Had a had a couple kids, and after her second pregnancy, said, "Well, why don't we get married?" And that's how they did. That's, but they've been together the whole time. That's you don't always hear success stories like that. No, but, no, but yeah, that's, that's how fantastic. her love story started. Well, that says a lot about her mm-hmm. and keeping it, you know, oiled and going along. Mm-hmm. As I talk about, my listeners will know what that means with my mechanics of men and um, the two children. How old are they? Um. 15 and 13, if I had to guess. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. She must get all the time. Uh, her her son must get all the time. The 15-year-old is a son? The son's the youngest. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So her daughter must get all the time. Is this your sister? Yeah. She, oh, my gosh. And they look identical, too. Oh, they do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's really something. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I think that that's so cool, though, that she's been able to. That's just a real testament to both of them. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. Well, wow. because it's not easy to do, you know, children are hard. Like, I think you and I shared that we both, are you guys having children? No. Uh-huh. Yeah. No. And I actually have a study here. Um, I know that you're very fond of studies mm-hmm. and statistics. I don't have the statistics, but um, they did a study at London School of Economics and decided that the happiest people are women who aren't married and don't have kids. So... You must be the happiest over there because you're not married yet. You still plan on not having kids. I, I have one odd against me. I am married, but I am happily married. But yeah, we decided um, we are not going to have kids. I initially, whenever I first met my husband, um, I was helping him move out of a house and I'm helping him pack up all of his stuff. And he had all these old jerseys that he told me he was saving for his kids one day. And in that moment, I decided, well, I never planned on having kids, but I like him and I like him enough that I would have kids to be with him. And after we got married, we had said we're going to be married for a year and then we'll start trying. And after we got married, we were just having a lot of fun and going out on vacation and doing different things. And we're out on vacation. And I said, um, woke up one morning and I said, do you want to have kids? We're like eight months into our marriage at this point. Do you want to have kids? And he said, no. I said, me either. Why are we saying that we're going to do this? And so from that moment, we decided that I think we felt like 
we needed to have kids because that's what people want. Or maybe whenever I first met him, he thought that's what direction his life was going to take him. But then on down the road, we just decided it, it's not for me. That's that's great. That, and, and that he's agreeing upon it. Mm-hmm. Because uh, in full disclosure, I probably would have, I, I know I would have stayed married had my husband uh, not wanted to. I put this on another podcast. We talked about it uh, in full disclosure that when I was dating my husband, we decided to, my first husband, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that we weren't going to have children. And he was in agreement with that. But again, like most guys, he was in the moment with it. And it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, because he can't see past, you know, next year or when he was at his place where he really wanted to be in his career. So he just said, yeah. And then, you know, it's, um, it changed along the way and he thought I would change and then I would want to have children. So I'm, I'm with you. You know, it's interesting that study that says that single women who don't have children are the happiest. Why do you think that is? I, I guess because you don't have to worry about anybody else. You can just be focused on yourself all the time, which is why we decided not to have children because I, I am selfish and I'm having too much fun to stop um, having fun to do that. But I, I guess that would be why, even though I believe in love and I would rather be with somebody and I would totally have a child if that's what my husband wanted. But mm-hmm. the fact that we don't want to together, cause mm-hmm. I, cause I could go either way. I never wanted one, but I would be willing to have one with him. I wouldn't Got just it. be willing to have one with anybody. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's great. Why do you think single women without kids are the happiest? I I don't know why that statistic is what it is. And I wonder what the age range is on that. Because I would say that in a younger age, perhaps, it's maybe, I think it changes a, across the lifespan. So, for example, I think in your, in your 20s, most people want to be free and feel what it's like to be out on your own and doing your own thing and maybe not be in a committed relationship or marriage. Mm-hmm. Then, for most women maybe who want to have children, 30s kind of changes things. Mm-hmm. Uh, being single, I was single in my late 30s and 40s. And I have to say that it's the best time in in some ways Mm -hmm. to be. But I'm really happy to be now in a partner relationship. And and like I told you, finally made the date for the wedding. So I would say going into like the second half of my life, then I'm happy to be partnered. Mm -hmm. I think it just changes across the lifespan. So... I'm not sure what that, if they have any caveat on the um, statistic. And and a lot of women want to have children, and I don't think a lot want to do it alone. Mm-hmm. So I would question that statistic about in terms of the age range, that's all. They don't, um, they didn't include any ages that I saw in my little bit of prep that I grabbed. Mm-hmm. But um, the study also said that married men are happier and live longer than single men. Oh, now. for mm-hmm. sure. Yes, and most every study you see talks about that. Mm -hmm. And I always say men are best and happiest in marriage. It gives them a purpose, a a, a focus. It also, uh, men, I believe, they're filling their life's 
kind of their biological thing of being providers and protectors. Mm -hmm. So whether they're doing it for a woman and children that come from it or a woman and her own children or just a woman, I think that it's absolutely they do best in marriage and why I'm such a proponent of marriage for women, because that's where the man will be best. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm all about that. Yeah. So tell me more about in terms of like what what you you like to do with your husband being, you know, um, single and in, in terms of single life, I should say not when you when you're married, but you are without children. It feels like you're in this like romantic little thing mm-hmm. that you're doing together. And I know when I was and, and we were married for over 10 years and we didn't have children we had such a good time. Mm-hmm. It was really fun. We lived kind of like a a single person, but as a team. Mm-hmm. It was really fun. We um, are very big fans of vacationing. I know that sounds bad, but my husband works a lot. Um, he's a firefighter, so mm. he's also gone a lot. He'll do 24 hours on and 48 off. Um, so that's kind of the way that we reward ourselves is by going on vacations. Um of course, you can only go on so many vacations, so we only do that a couple times a year. Um, but outside of that, we do go out a lot. We're b- very big foodies, so we like to go try out different restaurants Love it. and Love it. Um, eat. That's kind of how we keep that. And then at home, just same old boring couple that yeah. watches a lot of TV, and uh, we like to cook together and have fun in the kitchen, stuff nice. like that. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Really great. Mm-hmm. Really great. How about you and your fiance? Uh, well, we have had quite the life over the last year of being engaged because... How long have y'all been engaged? A, a year. Okay. Yeah. Which, oh no, I'm sorry. It will be a year on the day we get married. Oh, how exciting. Yes. yes. So it's only now, what, what will that be? Coming up on uh, 10 months? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we're getting married in November. Okay. Yes, of 2019. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's, it seems like it's never the same Mm -hmm. because I travel quite a bit and I'm between now Dallas and New York. I'm here with you in Dallas, Mm -hmm. which is nice. Um, So we're doing the traveling kind of long distance commuter thing. Mm -hmm. And it makes it in some ways nice because we don't, you know, we don't find ourselves ever or doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. But then when I go back to New York, we go to our same restaurant, see our favorite bartender, Marius, and we just um, do the things in New York that we're used to doing. So it's kind of, it makes it fresh though mm-hmm. and special. So that's nice. Yeah. Who knows though, when once like we get, you know, finally married and then, you know, where we're going to be living together. Um, yes, we have to move into a new place together, all that stuff. And y'all are going to stay in New York, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know. You know, that's that's the thing. We have possibilities because he could move his job. You know, we might do. Who knows if we end up doing like a commuter married? I don't know. Oh, that would be interesting. Yes. If you still kept this up. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, of course you would. I will. It's yeah. It's not going to change after you get married. Yeah. So there will be some of it. Maybe not quite as much as now, but definitely some of it. Mm-hmm. And you know, we've been down here and, and looking and he loves it. So, um, and I do too, because I've been in New York now, well, too long to mention. 
<laughs> living in my studio apartment. Mm -hmm. So when I come to Texas and oh my gosh, the Your size yeah. of places, <laughs> it's just, and so we looked at a couple apartments and he's like, oh my God, I can't believe you can get this size for mm -hmm. this amount of money. So it's really, yeah. So it's nice. Yeah. So. I wanted to to have you on today because you had questions. I was just on your podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you know what episode that's going to be, but if anybody wants to listen and make sure you do, make sure you subscribe and, and share mm -hmm. Loose Lips and Childbearing Hips. So you had some questions that uh, you had about coaching and that kind of thing. What? How did you get into coaching? What let you know that this is something that you wanted to do and what how did you figure out that you know how to do this? Mm, okay. Well, you know, I'm a social worker by education and trade. And when I was in grad school, which was later in my life because I was an actress all through my 20s. And that was, you know, the time to do that. And that was fun and wonderful. But then it was like, okay, now time to get serious mm -hmm. and go back to school, which I did. And I was in, believe it or not, geriatric care management mm -hmm. was the uh, field I was in for the most part. I worked for time with dually diagnosed, um, uh, both developmentally delayed and mentally ill as well. Very interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. When I was in grad school, I had to make a choice about which way I was going to go. And there are two kind of avenues you can take when you are in social work. And you can either become a clinical social worker and that allows you to do things that a master's level does not allow you to do. And it's, it's kind of like getting another, almost another degree on top of what you've already done. So it's another whole, uh, kind of like being a specialist in, in medicine, so to speak, you become a doctor, but then you go into your specialty. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of extra stuff and it, it didn't speak to me. And I remember, I'll never forget this, I was in a class and we were studying certain kinds of psychological uh, ways, uh, psychological approaches to counseling. Mm -hmm. And I was introduced to solution-focused therapy. And Eric Erickson was his name, this man who developed solution-focused therapy. And when I started reading about it, it was really wonderful. It spoke to me in my belief system about people being exactly where they are. It was not a diseased-centered approach. It was allowing people to be where they are and wanting to get to the next place, but not, but kind of being in a certain way, asked the right questions to get them to open their own minds to the answer. Mm -hmm. So I really liked this and I started looking more into it and everybody else I remember in the class was going towards their clinical social work. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be in that realm of doing therapy all of the time and coming from that. Unfortunately, our medical community is making it a diseased model whereby if you go and see a counselor, they've got to give you a diagnosis 
in order to collect on insurance if you mm -hmm. want to get your insurance. Mm -hmm. So it's like, wait, something isn't right here because all people who want some help are not, they don't have to have a label on them. They don't yeah. have to be anxious or depressed or bipolar or whatever it is, right? So I really like this approach. And then I found that a woman in the 1970s had taken Eric Erickson's work and made it into solution-focused coaching. And everything just took off from there. I went to Canada. I studied with them. I love their approach. And it just spoke to me on so many levels. And it wasn't at that time. I mean, that was, wow, years ago. But I was doing, still doing social work and doing coaching on the side. Mm -hmm. And then everything in terms of the dating and relationship stuff. It all came together. I, I call it like some kind of divine intervention or something because it's not me. I don't know where all of this stuff came. Mm -hmm. But things like the puppy principle, consumer versus buyer relationship, the sports mm -hmm. supposition, all of the stuff that, you know, my concepts just kind of all came to me. And it was, okay, it is time to write this book. The coaching just took off from there. And I had the foundation as a social worker working with people where they are. Mm -hmm. And then the coaching on top of that, then it all came into my life experience as well as the concepts that speak to women in the way they can understand it mm -hmm. morphed into the dating and relationship. And here I am. So you just really figured out a way to get what you want and to be able to tell others how to achieve that too. In some ways, yeah, it's it's really leading people with the right questions and uh, in this realm, um, helping women to see relationships through the eyes of men. Mm -hmm. To understand is to be able to connect in a better way. Mm -hmm. And so many times, because we are yin and yang, night and day, sun and rain, right? Uh really knowing how a man feels so that we can connect to him because men, uh, bless their hearts, and I'm not impugning them at all, they have their skills, but they're not too much about connecting to us mm -hmm. in the same way that we are about connecting to them. And relationships, generally speaking, of course, there's always, you know, people on the ends of the scale. Generally speaking, relationships are not their Ballywick, you know, that's not their realm. They prefer to be, you know, their minds are really biologically, they're in a different space. Mm -hmm. So I help women because we are the ones most invested in making relationships work. And we are the ones that can help our relationships to be the best romantically with men. So we have to rely on ourselves to get it right and not necessarily rely on somebody else because it can be hard anytime, even though we've been together for a long time, anytime I try to talk to my husband about something, he takes it as fighting or nagging. Yes. And I'm like, but, but I'm not, nor is my tone or approach to you, anything like that. But you have to be tricky the way that you approach them to be able to get what you want out of them or to be able to get the right reaction. It's so, I, I, so glad you brought that up because it's so true that our tone and any discussion, it's so interesting. And I, you know, I say that we as women relate via verbalization, mm -hmm. men relate via action. 
and dependent upon the man, he can take the simplest thing that just from your tone or uh, kind of what how you say what you say mm-hmm. as something that you didn't mean at all. Mm-hmm. It's it's a, a fascinating to watch that. So um, I put on my Instagram the other day. It's like you you if you want his interest to peak, listen more than you speak. Mm-hmm. Because men don't relate in the same way with words. And they're much better if we just relate via uh, touch, action, less words help them because they get overwhelmed mm-hmm. with our words. So it, it's, I always say when, you know, I work with women for the most part, I have a few. We talked about this on your podcast, as a matter of fact. I have a few men that I work with, but women generally, because we're the most invested in making our relationships work, and we have the best ability to uh, make them work, and that's that's the beauty. I read something today where um, this wife said that her husband would never say, I love you to her. He wouldn't He wouldn't say that or didn't say it often. I can't say he would never say it. Uh-huh. So... Um, one day she told him, well, whenever I was little, I used to squeeze my mom's hands three times. And that would say that I love you. And ever since she told him that, he now shows her through hand squeezes, through taps, I love you, and says it more than she does. But it's just because he couldn't really verbalize it or say it all the time because he's not that kind of mushy person. But he does love her. And now that's the way that he chose chooses to express oh, it to that her. Is, I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm going to use that. Thank you for sharing. I love it. Mm-hmm. That is such a perfect example, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, because I know um, I would nag at my husband sometimes or he would take it. We'd be in a disagreement and we wouldn't ever get to the point where we would talk about it, which I want to talk about it and get over it. But he would never want to talk about it. And then I'd still be mad at him. And he's like, well, but I brought you home dinner. And I'm like, but you brought me home dinner. We still didn't talk about it. That doesn't. But for him, that's making peace. Here, Here's some. I love you. I brought you home dinner. So you don't have to worry about feeding yourself tonight. But that's just the way that men think, though. It's through action. Mm-hmm. Through action. Yeah. Not words. Isn't that something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it happens. And, and the more you get to know someone through your, you know, like you're knowing your husband through marriage, you know what those things mean. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't have to be said. Mm-hmm. And he's so happy when it doesn't have to be said. Yes. Right? <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> so happy. They just want fewer words mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard for us because it's just not generally who we are. And then again, the, the love languages come into play. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you know what your love language is? I think mine is verbal. I've never read the book. I've thought that him and I both should read it because I I believe that mine's verbal and his is through gifts. Mm -hmm. He wants to bring me home dinner, take us on a trip. Anytime, the last time we got mad at each other, he um, sent me to go see my in-laws in Sacramento. So that was, but that's his way of, oh, I'm sorry. I've been busy. I haven't been home. Here's, why don't you go enjoy a girl's weekend? And then would send me off to go do that instead, which I'll I'll take, I mean, that's nice. I'll, I'll take it. Wonderful. That that's the way that he views things. So I know whenever he does bring me home dinner, that's him saying, I I love you. I'm sorry. He'll bring me home flowers. That's his way. But for me, I'm like, what's wrong? You haven't told me I love you today. Like, What's going on? Yes. Yes. So your words of appreciation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
and he's gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's funny because um, the most of the time, too, you speak the language that you want kind of to receive back. So do you give him gifts from time to time to speak his language? Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him. He is a horrible gift receiver, though, because he buys anything that he wants. I'll get something that I just know he's going to love. and Or he'll he'll say something. I want Guitar Player Magazine. And I'll make a note. Guitar Player Magazine. He opens it up for Christmas. And he's like, what? Why did you get me that you you said that you wanted it? Why would I think of Guitar Player magazine? Like I don't. So no, ah. I, 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 I I'm usually a decent gift giver with him. I don't even know what to do, and it's just frustrating. He would rather buy gifts and give them, and not necessarily receive them. Uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I once uh, well, I guess I read the book, and one of the examples in the book for gift uh, people who speak the language of gift. Um, Gifts, I guess they, he just calls it gifts, mm-hmm. uh, that if you do something, no matter how small it is, that shows that you're thinking of him. So um, they used an exa- he used an example, the author, that if your boss, you know your boss's love language, you can make nice, nice with the boss. Mm-hmm. So say you find out your boss's love language is gifts. Mm-hmm. Even if you just bring him a cup of coffee that you got at the coffee maker in the mm-hmm. break room and bring it to him, he will feel cared for. Mm -hmm. And so it can be as simple as that. And I like that because I get it then. It is just about you thinking of them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he, he he's real male in that way. Your husband sounds like he just, he knows what he wants. He does it through his own action. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't really matter to him. Yeah, it's cute. Well, one of the best things I gave him, according to him, um, for his 40th birthday, I got 40 cards and I put a memory inside each one and gave it to him that way. And it he just recently had his 40th birthday. He also hates birthdays. <laughs> So I, I yeah, made I do. made him I made him have a birthday. Mm-hmm. And so he came home and I just had balloons and those cards and I had one little gift for him and that was it. And he had so much fun reading through those cards, even though I oh. thought he would think it was cheese ball and he wouldn't care. Instead he was reading through a mate like, How do you remember all this? Oh. And I'm like, Well, that's really was, nice. Yeah, what a lovely was, gift. And he loved it and bragged about it to people. And oh. I was really amazed that that was the one thing that he liked. That's really sweet. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see, we we learn from each other. I mean, if you guys were married out there, that's or with a guy that I would not suggest that until you are married. <laughs> yes. Did you do that after you're married? Yes. I yes. love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yes. In other words, you know, for someone who's just uh, dating or in a relationship with someone, that's a great gift to do like on your marriage or on the first anniversary or Mm -hmm. something like that because he needs to have made that decision to marry and then you can go all in with those types of things. But if you're listening, I think that's a really nice, really nice idea and tip. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. Yeah, and no thank you for coming on today because uh, we got two really great things. That you just told me. And then about the friend who squeezed his hand for three times or yeah. told told him about her mother mm-hmm. and how she knew and then he does it. Mm-hmm. What a lovely thing. Yeah. So, I mean, there's many ways that someone can show you that they love you without just saying it. Right. Well, I love you for doing this. Oh, well, thank you so much, Paula. I always have a great time with you. Thank you. And remember to follow Loose Lips and Childbearing Hips. 
You can find them on Instagram at Loose Lips Childbearing Hips. Mm-hmm. Instagram, and then- Facebook, uh, Twitter at Loose Lips Hips. Also check us out um, on all the platforms where you listen to your podcast and you can rate and subscribe there. Loose Lips and Childbearing Hips. Wonderful. And for everyone, if you are listening, don't forget, the guy in your life, you've got to make him wonder. <laughs> Thanks, Paula. Thank you for listening to Make Him Wonder. If you've benefited from today's conversation, please subscribe and share. Connect with Coach Paula at makehimwonder.com. There you can take several relationship evaluations, discover her books and other resources, and find out if one of her personalized coaching programs might be right for you. Could you or someone you know benefit from talking one-on-one with Coach Paula? Consider sharing your story as a guest on the show. Go to realcoachingconversations.com and fill out the brief application. Want more information on anything you've heard discussed here today? Why won't he commit? How a man decides to make you the one is available at all major book retailers, or grab an autographed copy of Coach Paula's groundbreaking bestseller at whywon'thecommit.com.